This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. He's up and ready to rock. What's up, boys? So Rivs is flustered again. Uh Uh-oh. Why do you think he's Uh flustered today? Um... Good day, by the way, be, episode 15. There could be a plethora of reasons why. Just think why back to our last time we were on together. Let's keep it um, simple. Um, not, he, he, he doesn't know what we're talking about again. Oh, he doesn't know the topics. <laughs> he says to me, he's like, what, where are we going? And I'm like, Riv, this isn't live air every day. This isn't but you know two what you guys hours. should do? Listen, but this is what you should do. Like one week, you should come up with like kind of the topics. Next week, he should come up with some of the topics and you can just kind of throw it back and forth at each other. Hey, that's the way you should do it. Batman. Batman. <laughs> Robin. Okay. <laughs> All right. What does like that actually, make me? What's, what does that make me? Is I'm what, am I one of about You're the Riddler. The, uh, who's, yeah. who's Batman's best, best, uh rival if you want to call it that who would it be would it be the the joker obviously yeah, it's got to be it's got to be the joker, joker. absolutely the joker. it's for sure that i'll that that'll be my that'll be mine uh, what would brian gianta be um <clears throat> is the green goblin part of the uh it wasn't the green goblin that, that, yeah that's spider-man that's spider-man oh, okay you mean the green hornet oh with the green goblin oh I don't know who the Green Goblin is. That could be is. Spider-Man. That could be Spider-Man. Mixing up, mixing remember, up my I superheroes. Remember, I just remember watching Spider-Man, some, some green guy running around, flying around on a, on a flying surfboard. I liked the Riddler, though. The one from the, the – one from the like, I think Jim Carrey played the Riddler in, in one of the newer ones, didn't he? Jim Carrey played yeah, the Riddler. The I can't remember ones. who Batman was in that one. Was that Val Kilmer? I can't that remember who that – yeah. I love. I, I love. My, I don't think it was Michael. I don't think it was Michael Keaton. Might have been Michael Val. Keaton That's did what? He did the Joker, which that was unbelievable. And then the next one he did, I can't remember what that one was, but he did two, I think. But anyway, I like the Joker. The Joker is good for me. Um, so Riv Riv was all kind of flushed. By the way, have you seen some of the responses from last week's show? So many stories. So many great responses from people. Like, balls to butts, balls to butts. Is nuts to butts, the guy prices. wrote. <laughs> nuts, nuts to butts. To butts. The nuts so to butts good. story riding the heart. And I, you know what's funny? I was, I was driving and I was crossing the border the other day and I was thinking about our conversation. In fact, I might have even been listening to it. Uh, is that real? Did you act like, I'm not questioning the, 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 the story. I'm just saying like, did you really do that? You really picked him up on yeah. a motorcycle and drove to a, yeah. a game. Hundred percent, hundred percent happened. You got to get, you got to get, you got to get Mush on and have that conversation with him because he's, he'll tell you, he was totally, totally in fear of his life the whole time. I'd love he to could, do he that. Played, he, he, he played like shit the, that night because he, he, he wasted all his energy holding on to me on the way down Eisenhower. Like, <laughs> I just couldn't imagine. <laughs> I, I, Where I, is I, he living now? Is he, is he in San Jose? No, he's up in he's up in Canada, up okay. in Ontario. He just travels travels a lot for San Jose. Yeah, his his brother coached me in junior. So you know, Mush will Mush is not a big texter, right? So he'll call me at a 
1130 at night. And I know that it's going to be a, a marathon FaceTime call. And he's up at his cabin because he's either hunting or he's fishing and he's with his buddies and he has a nice whiskey sitting next to him watching, watching TV. And all he wants to do is talk to me about the old times. It's funny. It's that, that would be an episode all in itself. Just listening to much, much in my conversations. Get him on with you one day, bring him on. We yeah, got room I, for I, one I, more. For sure. I would love to. I would love to. I'll, I'll you know, the him. funny thing is I, I, I told this story on, uh, and I'll make this real quick, but I told this story on the show no rush. Uh, a few years back and um, we were playing in San Jose and, and, and Marchman was playing in San Jose at the time. And we went out <clears throat> all night and we had to be on the bus at like 630 in the morning. Well, I got in at 5.30, and uh, I decided that I was not going to go to bed. I, I had an hour, so I just packed my stuff, and I went straight down to the bus that was waiting outside, and I just threw my stuff on the bus, and I was the first guy on there, and if I'm going to pass out, eh, I'm going to do it on the bus. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on the bus. I'm by myself. It's, it's about 6 o'clock. And there's no one, there's no one on the bus and on comes the bus, Scott Thornton, who's great yeah. friends with, uh, great. with, yeah. uh, with Mushy, Right. And he comes on the bus and I, I thought I was loaded, but I'm going to tell you right now, I, this was another level loaded. It was amazing, but he also had blood coming from his nose he had blood or a, a scrape on his eye and he had blood coming from his mouth. And I was like, what the heck, Scotty, what's going on here? So Thornton had this or Marchman? This is Thornton. So when I asked him and he just kind of sat down in the seat in front of me and I got up and I said, are you, are you all right? Like everything good? And he's like, oh yeah, everything's great. Everything's great. And he just fell asleep sort of thing. So now... I've got to go into the hotel, try and find out his roommate was so they could pack his stuff and, and uh, get him, get the, his stuff on the bus. So I, I do all that, which, you know, again, I'm like, this is the last thing I want to do. Like I am dying right now. Good teammate um, though. Good teammate like you always I, are. Rip. Yeah, I go, I go do that. And uh, I come back in the bus and I just kind of give him a little shake. I'm like, what what's going on what's with the blood and this and that and he goes Marchman and I got in a fight and I said uh like together like you guys fought like a bar each other fight goes, to, with other people or they fought yeah. each other no I said you fought it because I didn't know they they were buddies I said you you fought Marchman at, at a bar he goes no we fought seven guys or something like that at the bar. So wait a minute. I'm confused. Scott Thornton's not on the team. He's on, he's on our team. He's on okay. Montreal and Marshman. It's his good buddy and they're really good friends. So they went out and got, uh, you know, and, and, wow. and got into one. Got into one, and then all of a sudden, so, Scott Thornton, Scott Thornton shows up at uh, at uh, six o'clock, and just comes straight so, to the bus. Doesn't so, even go to his room. 
Didn't so, you have a go ahead, Jerry? You like, sound like you so, want to tell the story. So we're in, you know, when I was playing with the Hawks, uh, Keenan used to take us on these little these little junkets, right? When we didn't have when we had a nice little span of games, uh, days in between games. So this one time we went to went to Whistler and uh, we had two days at Whistler. And uh, the first night we're in Whistler, we all went out and just got just tattooed and we're in a we're in a bar and this guy comes up to me and Marchman and starts lipping lipping at us, right? Calling us this, calling us that. Brian Marchman, you think he's nothing but a cheap hockey player and just giving him the works, right? And Mush is like, buddy, we're just here to have fun. Just leave us alone. Get away from me. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he kept going, kept going. And so Mush, Mush finally goes, listen, if you don't get away from us, you're going to force me to physically take you away from us. And he goes, yeah, sure you are. You're nothing but a cheap shot. You can't fight, whatever, right? So the guy, so Mush goes, hey, why don't you um, step outside with me for a second? The guy, and, and then all of a sudden Mush disappears. And when I tell you that we were kind of like really drunk, we were drunk. And also we're like, where's Mush? Where's Mush? And then brought, finally Mush comes walking into the bar. No guy, just Mush. And he comes up, picks up his beer, it's a great night, eh, boys? No, like, and we're like, what happened? He's like, I just took care of the problem. So we went outside. The guy was was angeled in the snowbank, knocked out, knockout cold like this. You know, it it's and, it's and it's Mush, funny. And Mush goes, Mush goes. I warned him. I warned him. People mm. sometimes don't listen. They have to learn the hard way. You know what? And that's just awesome. And you know what's too bad? I'm sorry to say this. I mean, I think, you know, if, if you deserve it, if you deserve to get knocked out, then you should get yeah. knocked out. I mean, just yeah, simple but, as that. Well, has it, has it happened to you in, in bars? Because so many people love to, um, to, to take those advantages to see either how tough they are or to banter at somebody that they don't like. Or, I mean, I get it a lot in, in, in certain places, but, uh, you know, it's probably not not a good idea to um, to banter and 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 poke a big bear being you know a tough hockey player. Probably not a good good thing to do. Yeah, I've yeah, I've, I've been poked a lot. <laughs> I've seen a lot of that. Oh over the years. my god! You know, the funny thing is, you know, uh, again, I'll I'll just tell one more quick story. I was we were at uh, you know pretty much majority of the boys and the Habs were were at this bar frequent place that we went to on um saint laurent you remember saint laurent who had the the globe buenote all those anyway we were at one we were at a was rouge over there too i remember a place called rouge yes Yes. definitely remember a place called that means red in french jr yeah (laughs) i was seeing red that night so to make a long story short um saku um he is not confrontational at all. Um, but, uh, there was, there was a night, uh, where he got into it with, um, a guy that was, you could tell he was a little rough around the edges and, uh, you know, Saku basically was not, not taking any of his, of his, of this guy's stuff. And, uh, to make a long story short, and this is how, this is how, like, it's, it's, it's serious stuff, you know, nowadays, you know, the guy ended up 
pulling a gun on Saku in the bar. Oh. And yeah. that's when it was like, whoa, 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 okay. whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. You know, yeah. one of those things, right? They don't different, do that different, in Finland. Different situation yeah. now. <laughs> very, very different situation. And uh, this is not the only story I have that that has – I've been with a guy, uh, Darcy Tucker and Shane Corson. Tucker had a, a gun pulled on him too in a, in, a, in a Montreal bar. But anyway, that's another story. But anyway, Saku – ends up having this uh this situation and uh the night the night ends really quickly and uh we uh we have you know we know some people um some friends you know of our that kind of know what's going on all over in every aspect and we went and told say it without saying it riv what it (laughs) you know one of these guys one of these guys (laughs) yeah we went and told uh, or at least mentioned it to this guy what had happened, and he was not happy. He was uh, he went and found out, and asked all of the you know heads of all these different uh, associations, and uh, found out that it was um, a certain guy in a certain um, association, and that guy um, ended up. I, I'm not sure if he went to Saku's house or if he called Saku on the phone and apologized for everything. Like he was made, he was told from the top down, you know, you, Oh my Lord, this is not the guy that you want to be doing that. If you want to be walking tomorrow, you better, you better (laughs) apologize. I love that. I love those stories. I love those stories. Can you, can you, can you tell the, like, I'm not trying to make this story time or anything, but you, you know, you're talking Montreal, you're talking bars. Without naming the player's name, can you na- can you tell the story about the guy who went to the wrong house and was in the bathroom without oh my lord without naming the name? Please, can you just tell the story? We'll call him Andrew. Confused. Call him Mr. Andrew. Confused. This is Mr. this confused. is this is one of the this is one of the best stories. <laughs> so guy wasn't had, married, so it's perfect. You can tell yeah, the story. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it's you know what don't I'm gonna name tell you right now. I don't mind even naming him. Because don't name him. Don't. If we, if we if we have him on, he'll tell you the story. It is absolutely one of the greatest stories ever. So this this player on our team, I've never lost. Sorry, go ahead. Ended up, uh, you know, meeting a a young young uh, young lady, and um, you know, decided that he was going to go over to to her house. You know, later on that night, and she had left. It's called, it's called extend the festivities. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So she had left, um, to go home and, uh, the player on our team had left to go home also, you know, to go to her house. So he gets in his car and, uh, he's driving a Porsche and, uh, he, he, he's trying to read because it's so dark. He's trying to read the numbers on the the um side of the mailboxes or whatever no navigation back then jr no navigation navigation. no navigation and he's looking at the sheet that she wrote down the numbers and the numbers are just you know he doesn't know if it's a six or or an eight and he's just kind of going through and then finally no texting so it wasn't texted to him probably had to write it down on his hand sweaty palms from dancing at the bar you know what i mean 
And he, so this is, this is late, you know, early morning. And uh, he's thinking to himself, oh my Lord, my stomach is rumbling. It's like, he's got, he's going to explode. Like it's not, he doesn't have to go, you know, number two, he, he's got diarrhea. Like he's got, oh God. The, got the stomach. He's like, oh, his numero tray. So anyway, he goes up and he, he, he pulls into the driveway and he rolls up and he goes to the front door and he's knocking on the door. He's knocking on the door. He's ringing the doorbell and uh, there's no answer. So he's thinking to himself, maybe, maybe I just beat her here. Hide and seek. Yeah. Maybe I just beat her here. So not a big deal. Um, he goes to the side door. He ends up like, you know, jiggling the lock and the thing's open. Right. So it's Canada, JR. That's what, it's Canada. Yeah, we, we so our doors open. So trusting up a lot there. Of trust, there's a lot of trust in Canada. Yes, there is. So he goes around to the side door. He opens the door and he's thinking to himself, I have about literally three minutes before I just explode. Right. <laughs> and he's like, so I'm just going to go in the house and I'm going to do my business. And I, I, you know, I just beat her here. So he gets in the house and he, walks through the kitchen and he goes through the back and he gets uh, the washroom and he goes into the washroom and uh, he's sitting there. Uh, he's sitting there doing his business and it's like dumb and dumber. Like he's holding the sides of the toilet. He said, he is just destroying this thing. It's terrible. <laughs> so now, you know, as he's sitting there on the toilet and he's doing all this, he can hear, he can hear footsteps coming down the stairs He's thinking to himself, "Oh, okay, she is here. That's that's good." So all of a sudden, he's uh, he's kind of like yelling, like, uh, uh, "Sophie, Sophie, is that you?" You know. And all of a sudden, he hears this voice: "This isn't Sophie." <laughs> and now, all of a sudden, his eyes bug out of his head. He's like, "Oh my lord!" <laughs> And he cleans himself up. He flushes the toilet. He opens the door and there's a man standing there looking at him. And the wife is just around the corner. And he goes, is this Sophie's house? He's like, no, Sophie does not live here. And he says, oh, I'm so sorry. And he walks down past the kitchen, out the side door, gets in his car and leaves. Meanwhile, this guy's got to be thinking, listen to me, this guy that I'm talking about is without question one of the most recognizable faces in all of Quebec. No way. <laughs> and for this guy at three o'clock in the morning to have this hockey player walk out of his bathroom <laughs> and just destroy it. I don't even know this guy and this <laughs> wife is telling this story for generations. I mean, so and no one believes him. Any, any time this, this poor guy who opened the door and saw this player sit, sitting on his toilet, no one in their right mind is Listen. going to ever believe this. Listen, this is, this is not Frankie Bouillon. This is not, you know, JJ Daniel. This is like, one of the most popular, recognizable faces in all of Montreal. This is early, early 90s. I'm trying to think of who was there in the early 90s. This, this, would, have been, this would have been late 90s. 
late 90s. <laughs> this would have been, been late 90s. Hey, stop, maybe, Riv. Stop. Maybe into early early 2000 if i if i'm if i'm remembering it right but i would say probably late well, just give him his number early. too oh man could, could you imagine could you imagine uh, jr jr let's just say I this love, that I, would be like it. it would be like it would almost if not almost and i'm not saying this to to kiss your ass it'd be like you doing that in chicago yeah, well, you guys know what my, my story up in Calgary when I was going to that party in the middle of the night and got, got into a little accident and I was had to I had to trek through the snow. Yes, trek through the snow and yes. I knocked on the door, knocked on the door at two one thirty in the morning, and uh, this, this old guy with a beard and a robe, like a you know the Hugh Hefner robe. Yeah, but didn't your door. taxi break down? No, 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 no. I needed a taxi. We were going out there with a bunch of people, and the car in Calgary, in Calgary, in the, in the in suburbs, the yeah, like way out. And I was like, "Dude, this is not good. We got a game the next night." And we're I just, got another. I, like, I got another suburbs so, Calgary story. So, if you want one? So then, so then the snow was like this. I'm trekking through the snow in my in my loafers and my and my suit, right? And I get finally get to this house, and I knock on the door. I said, "Sir, sorry, my, my friends and I got to a car accident. I need to call a cab to get out of here." Goes. Hey, you're Jeremy Roenick. I went, of course, you got to do it. And any place you got to do this is in Canada where everybody recognizes everybody, right? So at three o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting in the kitchen of this, this guy's house and he brings a case of Molson Canadians because it takes like an hour for a cab to get out there. Him and I polish off a whole case of Molson's together telling stories. It was pretty funny. What year is this? What year? Like, is this? What, uh, that what? was 90, 91, 92. Oh, so you're, yeah. you're like, you're, you're like starting out like to be the yeah. star, a star at that time. Yeah. Well, I just, I think, I think 92 was my, my first 50 goal year or 91, 92. I'd scored 40 the week that, you know, the year before score, I scored 50 that year. So yeah, it's not like I was not, um, not unknown. Yeah. In especially, Calgary, especially in Calgary, in Calgary, especially in Calgary. Yeah. Absolutely. So it was, that it was, it was not very, it was fun, but it was not ideal. Do you, uh, do you care to tell your Calgary story, Riff? Or no? Do you not want to say that one? I don't know it. Yeah, I don't know what you're um, gonna say. Um I got I I have a I have like a cobweb foggy foggy brain that when you start to bring up cities, maybe I've buried a lot of stuff, but uh um <laughs> did you ever play with uh Killer? You ever play with Dougie Gilmore? No, no, no. but um but Doug, every every time I see Doug, and you know, there's always the story when Doug lost his teeth. Okay, Doug, Doug got brand new teeth in the middle of the season. Why? Nobody knows. Okay, got brand new, beautiful, beautiful new teeth, and um, we're he's playing against us. And off the face off, he comes up, and I give him a cross check right to the mouth and his teeth just disintegrate in his mouth, all of his brand new teeth, like gone. So, um, and it was funny cause I was doing an event in Toronto two weeks ago and Wendell Clark was telling the story of how, how when Doug Gilmore lost his new teeth and I said, Hey, Wendell, guess who did it? I did it. He goes, you're the one that knocked Dougie's teeth out. He goes, yeah, he goes still to this day, still to this day, it's the worst thing that ever happened to Doug Gilmore. Cause every time I see Dougie, Dougie's like, you mother effer. 
He said, you ruined my, you ruined my mouth. And he still, now he still doesn't have any teeth. He has, oh, he has the fake ones. It was so funny. Well, we, so funny. I had the, I had the opportunity to play with Doug in, in, in Montreal for, uh, for great a guy, of, man. Oh, awesome. was, I mean, awesome. just a, you know, I mean, there's one thing to play with NHL players. They're all great. They're all from different countries. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's something special to play with elite players in the game okay and that have heart and, and you know what jr i'm not i'm not just giving you the the old pat in the back here but i feel the same thing about when i played with you in san jose and uh you know it, i mean there's there's just a difference between playing with certain you know you know all the players but you can pick out like I- individuals that are just they're different and uh, they played a long time and, and always produced. And they had so many qualities in any way. You know, Doug was, Doug was special. Doug was special. And uh, he came to Montreal. And uh, he, uh, he, wanted, um, he wanted to set up the rookie party in Calgary. And uh, so we're like, you know, hey. I played in Calgary, won a cup in Calgary. Let's get her going. Dougie's got all the contacts. This is great. Boys are super excited. So we, you know, we, we get the address and there's a bunch of us that, uh, that get in the, get in the car, get in the cab and we're all traveling to go, go to the, this place where we're going to have the rookie party. We start driving away from the city. We're driving into the suburbs. And I, I said, I said, hold on a second. I said, stop right here. Where are we going? <laughs> the guy's like, and he's looking at you. This is the address you gave me. This is where we're going. I said, downtown is down there. We're driving. We're now 15 to 20 minutes away. And I can still see the lights of downtown. He's like, I'm just going to bring you to the address. I said, how much further? He goes, it's literally just up the road, three minutes. I'm like, what the heck? So we finally get to this place, and the guy points to us, and he says, that's, uh, that's the place right there. All the, guys in the, all the guys in the car, they're looking. It's a house. It's just a house. So all of a sudden, we see this guy open the door, and he waves to us. He says, come on in. And I'm looking at the other guys like, what the heck is going on? So we get in there and there was, um, there was a, there, there was a dark man, a black man that, that uh, asked us to come in, but he was talking Italian. He was talking Italian and we're, we're, I'm looking around at the place. There's like, there's no couches. There's no seating. All it is is kind of wood fold-up tables with cheap tablecloths. So I, yeah. I'm looking at, I, I'm looking at the guy. He's all, you know, he's telling, he's, you know, black guy talking Italian, and he's t- telling us about the antipasta and this and that. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? I'm like, the first thing I'm like, where's your wine list? Like, what is going on here? Where's the wine list? You see the wine, and I'm like... How come the boxes of wine? Not cases of wine. I am not kidding you. (laughs) I'm I'm like, you know as well as I do that when, you know, 
the, the rookie party, the team rookie it's party, sacred. it's sacred. sacred. You know, you go to these restaurants, yeah. you spend way too much money on wine and this and that. So we get there and I ask for the wine list. And I'm not, I'm kidding you. There, there's Marlowe's and like nothing that you would, even in a store would be over $20, $30. I'm Sorry, like, stop. Marlowe's. And I'm, <laughs> it's yeah. Merlot. Merlot. It's not Marlowe. It's Patrick Marlowe. And yeah, the wine is a Merlot. Carry on. Yeah. So anyway, we just, I, I, I'm looking at this. I said, this, this is all you have. Where's, where's the specialty stuff? You have any bottles in the back? No bottles in the back. I, okay. Uh, what kind of beer do you have? What do you have? You know, he's like, we only have Coors Light. So that's it. We have one beer, Coors Light, and this is the wine we're talking about. Yep. The food comes oh, out. Boy. You wouldn't even believe it. You wouldn't even believe it. And this someone that has what sets this up. Yes, someone that has. Do you think he would own this right now? Would he own this story right now? I think he would have to own this. Story. Okay, keep going. Keep going. I don't know if this is good or so bad. So at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, and everything was set up and everything was done, the bill came out and it was it was shocking. I'm like, "What?" Like every Coors Light had to be $30 a beer, like with Are how much they're charging. Me? Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was the, one of the, my most memorable rookie parties Awful. because it was so legendary bad. bad. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I just, I'm like, to this day, like, not one single guy, and I mean not one single guy, said a word to Doug about this. Okay, no that's, it, it's in, that's too bad because I, I literally, like, uh, I, I, I don't even, I don't remember you have how his number? I texted him. I texted him while we're on the air here. And I said, Hey, uh, JR is telling a story about how he knocked out your teeth. He goes, yeah, he did. It was an accident. I felt so bad. I felt so bad, but I'm like, Oh gosh, but you, I love, are you, did I you just Dougie. ask him right now? Should I not? I asked him, I said, Ribs I want is, you to ask Ribs him is telling the story about the rookie dinner. You set up. <laughs> Hold on. He goes, <clears throat> Riv, I said, Rivs is telling the story about the rookie dinner you set up in Calgary. He goes, I forgot that. So I should write, <laughs> forgot, so forgot no, about it, or, no. or hey. forgot about it, or forgot that it happened. <laughs> Dougie owed somebody in Calgary. I'm going to tell you that right now. I was going to say that same thing. I was going to say that guy must. He must have owed that guy money, and that was hundred thousand. <laughs> Go rent out a house. Go rent out a house. Go get That's Coors so Light and a couple bottles of wine, and then uh, we'll call it even. Oh, it was unbelievable. Oh, come on. So, All right. So okay, we were talking rookie parties. We got it. I so we were we had a rookie party um, when I was my second stint in Arizona, and we're at Morton's. Okay, so we're in the back room at Morton's, and for some reason, dinner's over. We'd already polished off like. 30 bottles of wine, whatever the case may be. And um, George LaRock says uh, to every, uh, sends out this challenge. Anybody think that, you know, you know how you have the chocolate uh, lava cakes in at Morton's? Those, the, 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 got to order them. Got to order them when you order your dinner. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they come and they're, they're like, they're like this big, right? And, and they're, 
and you have chocolate on top, chocolate in the middle, you cut it open, it's hot and the, and the chocolate. So George LaRock sends out a, a challenge. He says, nobody can eat six of these in 10 minutes. Like little, little one, six of them, six, like this. With, and I'm like- With, with the ice cream? No, no, just, okay. just, just the cakes, just the okay. cakes. Okay. And I'm like, I could do that. And, and he's like, so I bet 10,000 of my dollars to a hundred of yours that you can't eat this six in 10 minutes. So everybody's like, yeah, you can do it. And I'm like, I could do it. Yeah, there's no problem. I could do it. Everybody starts gathering around that each guy's betting each guy, right? They bring out six, six cakes right next to each other, right? So George is sitting there going, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. And everybody's like, okay, ready to go. And I hammer half one down, hammer. Like I had the first one down in less than 25 seconds. The first one, gone. And second one, big bite, go through it. You know, take a little shot of milk. Another one, gone. I, I had two done in the first minute. So this is like, I had 10 minutes to do six, two down first minute. And everybody's like, go JR. Another, they're passing money around, right? I'm betting JR. No, JR's not going to do it. And George is sitting there like this, not going to do it. Not going to do it. So I hammer another one. I get one down, get another one down. It takes me about 40 seconds for the third. Now I'm good. Now I have about six and a seven and a half minutes left to get the next three down. Slow down a little bit. I'm starting to feel a little, a little, little sluggish. How many do you have in you at this time? I have three in me now. So now I'm starting on four. Okay. Now I'm starting on four. It's, it's about and these five things minutes. are so rich. So rich. And, and, so rich. and chocolate. Have you already had oozing. dinner? Have you already had yeah. dinner? Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. 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 I, had a, I had a big, I had a, I had a Cajun ribeye and I, oh, dude, it was crazy. So I, I was already, but anyway, you know, when you get challenged to do something, you're going to do it. So now I got three, I got four down. I'm starting the fifth one. I got five minutes to do two. To do two. So I take a, take a spoonful into the fifth one, right? And I take a bite, right? And everybody's like, oh, George, you're going to lose 10 grand. And George is like, just wait, just wait. And I'm like, give me just wait. I take another bite. I take the, the second bite of the fifth one, right? And everybody's, again, they're screaming. They're like, this is great, hooting and hollering. And all of a sudden, I'm like, <laughs> I like, I'm not trying to, trying to hang in there. And I'm like, like, and you know, when you get hit, you see like yes. the spots in front of your eyes. You're all getting the sugar rush. It's exactly. So all of a sudden, all these dots came in front of my face and was like, and I'm like, holy smoke. <laughs> what, is, what is going on? And oh my God. And George's like, here it comes. And he's like, get out of the way. And I'm like, Try to take another bite, and as soon as I want to take another bite, and it just goes project no way projectile vomit all over the table. Hit hit a couple of the guys that were sitting on the other side, and I went like this straight back, right off my chair, like knockout. It the, the sugar, That's the gross, sugar rush. By the way, the, it was. It was one of the most disgusting things you've ever seen. And George goes, you owe me a hundred dollars. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see. I had such a sugar rush. And 
I for sure thought I was going to do it. And all of a sudden, everything went blank. And I puked all over Morton's and all over my teammates. And it was, it looked like somebody that got, got massacred. Oh. It was disgusting. Good for you <laughs> for trying. Good but for I you for that. Ribs, did you want me to take a break so you can go to the bathroom? Holy shit. So, so ribs, ribs has to has to go take a shit and has to stop the show. I don't go drop trowel. No, he texts me. Eh? He goes. He goes. He says, "Break." I got. I got to piss. So I text. I text the Rock too. I right? because like uh, I said to him. I said, "Jr. is telling a story about the six lava cakes." And he just he wrote back like just. He goes, "Ha ha!" That was. He goes, "It was nuts." He goes, it was disgusting. It was disgusting. <laughs> it was disgusting. Oh. Uh, where, um, where, uh, where was your best rookie dinner? Like, what was, what was the, like the, what was the best group of guys you ever played with though? To do something like that. Like, it sounds like San um, Jose from, from what it sounds like with San all the Jose stories. Was great, but the best, the best team that I was, that I think I was ever on was the 2004 Flyers. We got John McClare, Mark Recchi, Simone Gagne, Tony Amante, Alex Zamnoff. Yes. Um, that was my rookie year in the league. Danny, Danny Markoff, Malikoff, uh, Chris Terrian. Um, uh, we, we, I mean, our team was sick that year. I remember the night, and I, th I think we've talked about this in the past. I know we had to have because I was playing in the game that night. I couldn't believe it, how clear-cut and blatant that second high stick was when you <laughs> in the corner. I remember <laughs> Rory Fitzpatrick went over and tried to lift your stick and got you right in the face, and then you three went three times, <laughs> three times, three times. You went game. ape shit that game. Launched the water bottle across the rink. If you were, did, it was a water bottle you Bro, tossed, right? Three, yeah, three times, three. I got clipped. I clipped, clipped here, and I went. Mm -hmm. I had to get stitches. I got like five stitches. Second period, I'm coming again and again. Another high stick slipped me open again and cut me even more. I had to get another set of like five or six stitches. So now I'm stitched twice in the same game, right? And I'm pissed. There's, I'm, I'm, there. No penalties, right? If I can't, no, 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 no. If I'm no, not mistaken, no, there were no penalties zero. on any of the, of the panel, of the calls. And they were blatant. So this was the third one that, that totally, so now I'm coming down the left-hand side. Okay, I'm coming in, I'm cutting to the net. And the defenseman tried to lift my stick and he goes like this and the stick, slices me right in the same place and it clips me and as i'm going to the net i can see blaine angus who is the referee standing by the side of the net looking right at me like this i can see him and it clipped and i looked at him and he's looking at me there is no way in hell that this referee did not see this high stick clip me in the mouth Okay, my stitches immediately. That's the one in the corner up. next to the net, right? Yes, because I was coming. Here's the net. I was coming around the net because I was coming in from the right-hand side. Yes. Clipped me. Then I went behind the net because he didn't call a penalty, and I kind of stopped right in front of him, and I, with blood coming all down my mouth, I took all the blood, and I spit at his feet, and I 
yelled a profanity at him. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's, that's the third one now, third one that he's missed. And I'm bleeding profusely. And I literally, like, stop at him. He's looking at me, kind of like, ha, 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 screw you. And I spit a bunch of blood at his skates. That's when he teed me up, right? Did you go back to the bench? Because I remember, I remember, I thought, I remember he, you. He, he, I, he teed me up. He gave me a misconduct. So yeah. this, is third, this is third period. So he teased me up. I'm out of the game. So I'm going to the bench, right? And he goes to the, to the penalty box. And I remember to, you know, to bring me up. And I remember Mark Recchi skates over to him, kind of like, come on, man, let's, you know, give the guy a break. He's been, he's been lit up three times. You haven't called one penalty. And that's when I hurled the water bottle all the way across the ice. It bounced once, hit Angus in the leg, right? And Mark's talking to him. And the guy goes, he just hit me with a water bottle. And Mark goes, hey, let's finish this game up real quick. Get more whistles, no more icing. Let's get this game over with. Let's get out of here. And he turns around and skates off. Well, I was so ripped. I remember that. That was 0304 season. I was a rookie in the league, and I'm witnessing a JR meltdown in the middle of a game. That I think I think we were kicking your ass that night. Well, the me- the meltdown happened even worse after. That's that's when I went in the locker room. The, the interview after becomes one of the most legendary post game sports interviews of all time. Not yeah. just and you've had a lot of memorable uh, yeah. interviews yeah. in front of the camera. Yeah, and and if you see my face, I'm I'm lit up like I'm. Yeah. My whole face. You're like, I'm, I can remember what you're saying because we were all laughing in the, no offense, we were all laughing in the locker room after, right? As we're like, sure. we were I mean, why like, wouldn't you? You're like, you're like, you're like, uh, NHL, wake up. I'm bleeding like a stuck pig over here. You know, I've been hit, no, no calls or something like that. And you're like, wake the fuck up or and something. Said, you just, you went off and off. And then, how many stitches? Went off about the referees. Oh, well, I got five the first time, six the second time, and who knows how many I had to get after the game to, 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 let's stitch it up again it was three three separate times in the same cut and you know so your 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 lip is just like it's like it's like ground meat by then you know? uh, it looked it's like, like ground meat it was awful and i'm sitting in the locker room and i'm like like nhl will you please like get a hold of your referees like get some better referees or at least hold them more accountable because this is bullshit i said wake up find or suspended said, yes. for that I got suspended for two games. It was a it was a ninety thousand dollar water bottle throw. That's right, because it was two days, two two games paid. Yeah, yeah, two, yeah games two games paid. Rev, how was the bathroom break? How many? How many? It was a good bathroom many... break, Rev. Oh yeah. Just so you know, yeah, we record we recorded right through it, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Why not? Well, because it's like hit pause. You're like hit pause. Like what? You think I can't? Uh, you, I can't carry a conversation with Jr. without you. Did, did you uh, did, did did you pull a Dumb and Dumber or was it a was it streamlined? Was it pretty good, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah. Just, you were gone uh, for a while. You were gone for a yeah. while. You must have had your coffee hit you. I had to regroup. You know, I had to regroup. We're good. We're good. That a boy. That a boy. Well, it, it looked yeah, like you wanted yeah. so, to. So I gotta I gotta I gotta tell you guys kind of like what like years after like a couple of years after that happened. So, um, so the referee who was uh, who I threw the water bottle at um, that was his last year. He didn't he didn't ref after that year. So. Um, I got a, I got like a, a message, Facebook message from his wife saying, you ruined my husband's career, so on and so forth. And I'm like, I didn't ruin his career. He ruined his own career. <laughs> Terrible referee. Sorry. So really, he was not brought back? Like, I mean, 
obviously there were more things that he, he didn't do, or was that game the reason why, or like what you just, you I, don't know, I, no I, one. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you, but I know that that was, I, that was his last year refereeing in the National Hockey League. So well, he, it was, according to his wife, it was my fault, my fault why he, why he didn't have a job anymore. It, it's amazing, Riv. I, I don't know if you had something you wanted to add there, but I was, <clears throat> I was just going to say something, but if you wanted to say something, go ahead, because I was going to change the topic. No, I, I don't know. I mean, you oh, know, no. I think it, when you, when you play that long, I don't know if you felt the same thing, Jr. but it, 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 it's almost like, um, there's certain refs that you get away with, uh, things and there's certain mm-hmm. refs that just do not like you period. Well, speaking about refs and yes, you're exactly right. And what happened to Tim Peel last year is an absolute abomination, disgusting display of, of, um, of, of respect, lack of respect, and lack of loyalty to what, Tim, what happened to Tim Peel last year. And if you guys don't remember what happened, um, and I know he won't, he won't talk about it, but I will. When you're a, a referee well, in the league for as long, many years as Tim Peel has, was in the league, and probably yep. one of the most popular referees yes. through all the players. Highly respected. Highly respected, one of the greatest guys in the world, right? Yep. And he's refing. And you know what? It's, it's pretty much known as a player that if you're playing in a game and another team has like three or four penalties on them in a row, called on them, chances are the, one of the next calls is going to come on you. The referees are looking a little bit more to kind of even it up, right? That's it's, Right, Riv? Right, Petey? You because know. You're not, because these refs are not perfect. And they make split decisions in an extremely fast game. And you could have Tim Peel's partner that makes a call that maybe Tim feels, ah, I don't know if that's, if that's a call. But his partner makes the call, right? Right. Well, this is, this is the issue, which, which really bothers me. Because what happened to him and why it happened to him is so student happens so much in every sport, in every sport, the way referees think. And I think referees in the National Hockey League are the best referees in all sports. Granted, they make a lot of mistakes and we argue a lot, but they are, they are good. And I think they try to be fair. Tim Peel is a fair referee. Okay. He's not going to go in there and try to make calls to favor another team, but he wants a good hockey game. And if he sees that one team's taking penalties, 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 He's going to be a little bit more, and all referees, by the way, are going to be a little bit more liberal in calling something that maybe is on edge to try to even it up because they want an even hockey game, right? The last thing they want is after a game to hear the criticism from the fans and other people saying, oh, my God, Tim Peel really wanted this other team to win. Maybe he had bets in this other team. It was 8-1 to one in power plays. No, they don't want that. Tim Peel had the wherewithal in this game. Okay, It was Nashville versus Detroit. Okay? And Detroit has, has had a whole bunch of power plays, right? And so it was a very iffy call. And the Nashville guy got, a, got called by Tim Peel. And Tim Peel says, you know what? I needed to do that. I was, I was just looking, looking to, to even it up and give him a penalty. Okay. Well, yeah, Detroit. That's right. Had he had the, he, his microphone was hot, right? His microphone is hot. He says, you know, I was, I, you know, I had to, I was, I was looking for it. I was looking for Nashville because not to, not to hurt them, but to try to find an 
area to well let me up the power let me add system. something okay, in on. his yeah go on hold go on. ahead go yeah ahead. let me let me yeah, just go let ahead. me just finish because it could please do so first of all if you're if if you're detroit you have to know that the next call is coming to you so be a little bit more careful because it's like there was five to nothing in power plays our and coaches Cynthia told us that it. yeah and the, and and the, exactly and you know the fact that Tim Peel had the had the the professionalism to say, okay, let's just let's see if we can find something and, and get get something on the board, maybe even it up a little bit, and which all, a lot of referees will do. You, you just ask them; it's just part of the it's part of the of the job and mentality. And National Hockey League fires him. What twenty three days? Listen, this is what's twenty three days before his final game that he was going to retire on. Like if you're the national hockey league, you can't wait 23 games to let him finish after the career that that guy's had, because you said you want to uphold the integrity of the game. Are you fucking shitting me? The integrity of the game would have been let the guy play, let the guy ref games. And on the 23rd, let him retire so his family and his kids can can let him can come watch him ref his final game and let the players that are on the ice go up and shake his hand and say thanks for everything that you've done for the National Hockey League like every referee yeah. that does How many retire. years? How many years was he refing? Oh, he he must have been 20 20 years, 21 years. Yeah. And and the National Hockey League fires him for giving a penalty and saying he was looking for the penalty and saying that we have to stick up for the integrity of the game. Are you kidding me? With some of the things that happen in this game and nobody, nobody that is really bad as integrity goes and nothing, nothing happens of it. And you do that to Tim Peel, one of the greatest referees that I've ever played with and has refereed in my games. It, Tim Peel did not, did not deserve that. And unfortunately he'll never get an apology, but that was one of the worst things I've ever seen. There's, there's not, I, I, I it, it sucks because he had the hot mic on because I have no problem with what he's saying, like with what he no, said. They, and, and, and the last thing I want to say, nobody. The, you think, think, you think the Detroit Red Wings cared that they made that, that he made that call? No, but I, I, I like uh, even opponents, even players that, he, in my opinion, if I'm watching that, say we're in the locker room day after and they show that on the news because we all watch the highlights and stuff, I'd be like, well, great. At least we know the ref is, you know, keeping score and knows that we're getting smoked in penalties here because let's be honest with each other. We all played every single shift that goes without a penalty. There's a penalty not called or there's, there, there's a yeah, penalty missed. Every single shift, there's a little clutch, a little grab, a little high stick, a little hook, a little hold, a little trip, something. So you could each like you could literally have 35 penalties a game if you wanted to call the game straight. I don't care. I don't care which game you're playing, even if it's a two penalty game. Every shift you miss a penalty. So you know, you know, I have no problem with what have, he did. You know who doesn't have any issue with with Tim Peel and what he did? 750 players because they all understand it. They all, they all understand exactly what was yeah. said. And you're, you know, you're going to have, uh, you know, I'll be devil's advocate here for, for, for a moment. 
you know, there's people that are going to be listening to this saying, well, listen, I mean, he's, he called five penalties on Detroit or, or on Nashville against Detroit and Detroit had five power plays. No, no, what if no, the power... it, was, it was Detroit. It was Detroit. He called it on Detroit. Okay. Yeah, so, plays, yeah. okay. So what if they deserve the five power uh, penalties? What if they deserve the five penalties? Why would, why would Tim Peel have to, you know, try and find a power play for Nashville? Well, again, yes, it is, but it is, it's, you don't don't look at where they deserve it. You look at, at the numbers and every referee. What I'm trying to say, JR, is what if, what if a team like Detroit on that one given night was not playing to the rules and therefore they got penalized for hooking, for sure. tripping, cross-checking, and they had their seven penalties. Why should Nashville, because they have not taken a penalty, why should they have to have a ref find a penalty? Is all I'm trying to say. Uh, it's not that he's looking, but he's going to call something probably a little lesser of a of a penalty. Yeah. Just because of just because of the number of penalties, because of discrepancy of penalty yeah. calls. He's probably gonna. He's probably gonna be more, uh, more likely to call a, a a minor infraction, minor minor infraction. Whereas if it was a closer game, in score, if it was a closer game in penalties, he probably would have let go, right? So, yeah. and again, it's it's referee's discretion, right? And again, yep. no referee wants to be wants to be called the homer, wants to say that a terrible job that they he favored another team. No, no referee wants that. And I think every referee kind of has in their mind, but to do, put the fire and to, and to end referees over that mind when we know what goes on in the game on the bench, on the ice and 23 days for his retirement and not that let is, him get his, so wrong. his deserved, ridiculous. his like deserved, I, I, I don't like, understand why they didn't walk away. Yeah. I don't understand why they wouldn't even suspend him for two games or something and just say, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to hold you out for two games behind the scenes. Okay. Yeah. And you're going to go back and yep. you're going to coach uh, or you're going to go ref your next uh, is 23 game, 23 days. So in that, you know, he's probably refing 12 games, you know, Go and rest. Hey, Go that and rest. That, yeah, that brings me to another thing. That brings me to another thing because the, the National Hockey League protects the referees like nobody's business. Like you cannot, you cannot the fact that the that if you go after a referee or you criticize a referee you know even when i was working television i wasn't allowed to criticize the referees and stuff like that they were protected 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 by the national Hockey league now it's another debate whether that's a good thing or a bad thing well that's probably why their names aren't on the back of sweaters anymore to protect them probably very very true but don't like the players have to be held accountable they have to do press conferences afterwards they have to be. They have to answer to the media and what, how they played, and why they played, and all that stuff. And they're the players. Like, how come? Like, I believe, I believe that the referee should be accountable for how they ref. You know what? Why don't you put them on? Why don't you put them on a, on a desk right afterwards, and let them do a press conference after? Like, why'd you make that play? Why'd you make that call? Or what was that? And then even more so. How come we get the ratings of some of these referees? Do they get in trouble in the National Hockey League? Do they get do they miss games? Do they get fined? We don't know. It, it would be nice to know as players 
of referees that we thought did a terrible job and vice versa. Referees that did a great job. Do they get bonuses? Do they get extra games? We know they get playoff games because the good ones go to the playoffs and the bad ones don't. Who does the interview with the refs after? Not the media, the players. (laughs) You get three players get to go in and ask questions from each team. I'm just joking. I'm I'm just, I'm just kidding. But I I love your idea. I love the idea because I I would love to see that too. Besides their team losing, right? One of the biggest complaints that, that you hear from fans is, is the refereeing how either how bad it was or the bad call or how did they miss this? How did they call that a goal? How did they not see that? This, and regardless of, you know, my opinion, that is what people think of. And that's in all sports. It's not just hockey. It's all sports. Like, well, don't you think, don't you think that was a fast interference? JR, don't you think now with the, with the uh, rise in popularity and legalization of gambling that they would want to get it right? Because you have a, you have a lot, a lot of people gambling on these games and Mm -hmm. you know, games come down to refereeing. Sometimes look at the Super Bowl a few years ago with the, with the Saints, New Orleans Saints, where that penalty was not a penalty, and next thing you know, they lose the game and they don't go to the Super Bowl. You know, it's hey, like, listen, listen, you're in a football game, you're and it's coming down. You have a line that's a seven a seven point line, right? And you have a team that's that's up by nine, and all of a sudden they prevent defense and it left in the game, and all of a sudden, long pass. You know, some little touch, flag comes out, pass interference, ball goes all the way down to the 10, field goal, blind crushed with one minute left because of a flag. You know, that's, it's pretty easy to influence that over-under line just by a referee's look and attitude of why he's calling a oh, pass yeah. interference when you're like, What? Oh, if, if, if I were a referee, there's no what, question what you would have to right check. Now? You would have to check my account because my buddies could call me and say, "I'm throwing a million bucks on this game. I need your help. I'm going to bet on that, and I'm going to do everything I can to make it as close as I can I wonder, for my buddies I, I, yeah, on the sidelines." I, I wonder how many how many secret rendezvous Starbucks, um, you know, envelope passed under the table. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a latte. Oh, a latte looks good. Oh, you dropped you, you dropped something on the floor. Oh, oh, thanks. Hey, see you later. You ever wonder why these referees get million dollar gift cards to Best Buy? <laughs> it's one way. Uh, I, listen, we we shouldn't be so hard. The referees have a hard job. They really do. I, listen, and it's what it's a league tough job, has but the you, hardest but you, job? But you just. Um, I think that I think hockey has the hardest job. To tell you the truth. Um, just because fast, of the speed of the game, the speed of the game, you know, everything happens so fast. I think there's so many things that, that, you know, could constitute a penalty and not, it's all discretion. You know, hockey, I think is the easiest, you know, NBA might be pretty tough because how, what's, if you're supposed to just touch somebody, it's a foul, but you see crazy shit happen in basketball games. And, you know, to me, what's, what's the easiest sport that if a referee was going to dictate a game in terms of score, now this is just hypothetical. If if there was a referee that needed to, that that was paid to alter a game and to 
to control the points. I'm not saying that they do that, but I'm not saying that they don't. Um, what sport referees would have the easiest ability to control the point spread? Uh, I gotta Football. say basketball. I would say basketball too. That would be my hockey would be the hardest. Um, you can foul guys out in basketball. You can, I mean, you can have a star player give him ticky tack fouls, and he's out in the by the second half. But it's not even that. All, your, all the it's, bench guys are playing, and it's not even that. You have an over under game at two hundred and ten. You have over two hundred and ten points. You know, it's getting pretty pretty close at the at you know the last five minutes. Foul, 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 free throw, free throw, free throw, free throw, foul, foul, free throw, free throw, over, you win. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. It's true. I don't know. Put, it's, I, put I the envelope in my overcoat. It's in the ref room. Yeah, football second, you know, obviously, you know, when you have, especially in professional football, when you have a, um, you have a pass interference penalty that is, you know, spot fouled, that's 40, how many times have you seen a 50-yard pass Inter that was, a, a, you know, missed and the flag comes up and then all of a sudden, there you go. Yeah. Field goal range. Field well, goal range. So, so listen, I mean, this, this is the best part about, about doing a podcast and it's the best part about really, when you think about it, if we wanted to talk hockey today, is there anything really to talk about? I mean, I don't, I don't know, but we can talk about anything. That's what makes it great. But I'll say this, I said to Craig JR all the way back when we started right before, he's like, what are we talking about today? And I think today's been unbelievable with the stories, by the way. So we'll call this one story time today, I'm sure. Story time. Story Great. time with JR time. and Craig. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. Uh, but but the, last, the, the last thing I'll say to you guys is this, and, and I said to Craig, I said, I, I have – I have something I think is a great conversation and it's, it sparks off something that we talked about the last time you were on with, with us, JR, cause we talked about uh, the draft and, and all this stuff and changing the draft age and things like that. I just look and I think I look at Shane, Wright And I look at all these other first overall picks and even take Jack Eichel second overall pick as he had like just a, a terrible time here in Buffalo, you know, our parents, some spend more than others. Patrick Kane, same thing. But our, our parents, and I'm using not like the top, top picks, one, two, three overall, those guys in particular. Your parents spend so much time, money, effort, and sacrifice for you to move through the ranks, right? Why does Shane Wright have to go and be a hero for the shittiest team in the NHL and be put in a position to have to carry the weight of the whole team and the rebuilding and the future of the team or a Connor McDavid it's worked out fine. But I'm just saying, why does the league get to dictate where these players go after their parents have set them up or, <laughs> or done so much? You, you're laughing and I'll just stop my question there because you're laughing. And I, I, I never thought about it because when I'm coming up, I'm just thinking, wow, it'd be great to be drafted by an NHL team. And that's what they want you to think. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying you should be able to choose, but it's just, it's got to suck. That, what do you say? It's the only way, it's the only way that you try to, that you keep parity within the National Hockey League. It's the only way that you keep failing teams and teams that don't have great markets competing with other, other great market teams. Because I'll tell you right now, if I was a free agent, and I had the choice to go to a team 
I wouldn't be going to Arizona. I wouldn't be going to, you know, um, to Winnipeg. I wouldn't be going to um, maybe pick it. I'd be going to, to Vegas. I'd be going to Nashville. I'd be going to these towns that are great to live in, great atmospheres, good teams. Um, I, so you can't just rely on keeping a team or getting a team better just through free agency. You have to have young players that come up. And, you know, and the only way you're going to do that is letting the worst teams get the best players and hope they pan out. I mean, it took, took forever for that to happen to Edmonton, but Edmonton looks like the real deal this year. But will that continue? I don't know. But uh, that's my take, I guess. Rip? I don't know. I guess, I guess my theory on it was it's just – I just think it's – I don't know. Maybe they don't care. Maybe I'm putting too much thought on you. Let me, I guess let I'm, me confused ask you a question. With, I'm confused Pete, with let me the ask question. You a question. Well, I, I, I kind of get what he's talking about, but Petey, let me ask you a question. If, if it was your kid and you did all that, right? You did, you sacrificed and your kid now would, would you care? Like now your kid made it to the show and it like, he's a professional. Now he's going to make, he's going to make millions of dollars. Do you care as a parent? At first, where he goes, are you just proud that he's that he's made it? Am I a parent that is like my mom and dad that didn't know anything about the business of hockey and sports and all that, or am I me the parent who played in the league? Well, I mean, it could go either way. I mean, because because a lot of people, you know, look back and you know the name Bonnie Lindros comes to mind, and you think about Carl Lindros and how they, you know, he held out from Quebec. But could anyone blame him? In reality, like you were in the league. Were you in the it's league happened yet? Twice, right? It's happened twice, right? With Mario and with uh, with Lindros, right? Yeah, I mean, twice. I mean, why why would you why would you hold it against these players for doing that? They work there, and I I'm thinking about Shane Wright, and I'm, who's not really having a first overall pick year, by the way. But but that's a conversation for another day. But all I'm saying is, I th- I think about you know, like a, a, a Jack Hughes. You know, I played in New Jersey. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to go to New Jersey. Uh, um, you know, like I, th- I think about, you know, even Sidney Crosby, like if Lemieux's not there, okay, does, does Crosby really want to go to Pittsburgh? No offense. I mean, and the same can be said for Buffalo and all, but I played here, so I understand. So it's a little bit different. I'm biased toward it. But I guess, can you really hold it against Lemieux and Lindros for for those scenarios for not wanting to go to those teams. No, but I think I think you got to be a real, really, really pretty special, special, special player. And they were to have that. Yeah, and they were. They were. There's hundred hundred percent. But and listen to me. To 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 be drafted is is an unbelievable gift from God, and to be able to make it to the pros is a gift from God. And I don't think anybody should should um, should argue where they go now whether they stay there afterwards is a different story but be be thankful that you got drafted that you're in the league that you're playing in the league and be you know you know go from there but play play Let's play use... into the situation play into the situation where then you can make the decision and not somebody else and that's so go that's like second third it. or fourth overall instead of first right <laughs> well, no, just go, no just go to where you're going and then play as, as great as you as you want get the free agency if you want to leave and you you feel you want to leave kind of like austin matthews know, is doing with toronto get, get coming in where he you know does not uh, does an arizona boy really want to go and be the face of the leafs i don't know i i don't think so but you think he wants to go back to arizona i think I think he loves. I think he loves playing in Toronto. 
I, I, oh, he's that kind of he's kind of that competitive guy. He loves the game. He loves the attention. I think he loves the spotlight on him because he's not gonna he's not gonna act it, but in his mind he wants to he wants to electrify that crowd. He wants to win hockey games for that city. I think Austin Matthews loves playing in Toronto. Does he love I it do. or is he content there? Because there's a difference. I mean, he's making eleven point something, so he can be happy staying there, probably getting some side cash. He's a super stud there. They love him. It's a massive hockey market, so they're obsessed over him. But do you think there's he a really, lot of there's a lot of pressure to it. be in Toronto? There's a lot of pressure too in Toronto. One yeah, of the markets yeah. that has the most pressure. The best yeah, part about where Austin that, Matthews is at is he's got two other guys that are making eleven million dollars too. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever have you guys ever met Austin? Have you ever talked to him at, at any point? No. He is he is um he's he's so down to earth, he's so soft spoken, and he's just He's just one of those guys. He's just, he loves the game. He loves being around the boys. He loves getting on the ice. Not many things bother this kid. Okay. He's very even keeled and he's, he's so he's professional beyond his years. He's, he's, he's almost like a city. You have Crosby. to worry about He's making $11.6 million. Well, this, is, well, 20, this goes back years old. This goes, yeah. But this goes back to the point of you saying pressure, pressure doesn't bother this kid. This kid does not, doesn't sit there and get bothered by what the media says or what the that he's going to go out and his expectations for himself of what he expects to do on that ice. I think fuels Austin Matthews. And so, how does he think, deal with uh, the situation that you know Toronto right now hits the playoffs every year? They lose out in the first round. Uh, the media in Toronto is obviously uh, it's it, it it can be difficult. It can be. They're extreme. happy now. It's one of the biggest markets, mm-hmm. you know. But they weren't happy three weeks ago. No, they weren't. Yeah, but he's not. Austin Matthews is not a guy who's going to complain and, and and go home and bitch and whine and cry in his pillow and say, "Why don't they like me? Why you know why it's not my fault?" He'll he'll do his best to to come back and say, "All right, we get it. Take accountability. I got it." Let's let's go. I mean, Mitch Marner probably going to go to Bieber's house heat. and record an album. Yeah. Mitch Marner took more heat than anybody on the on the Toronto Ma- uh, Maple Leafs of anybody last year, and then he started off awful this year. Now yeah. he's got it going. Now he's got it going, and you're happy to see it. But hey, listen, you're going to get paid a lot of money. You got to be able to take the heat, and you got to yeah. be able to take the pressure. And there's few the different players take it differently. There are a few players in the game that I think are as classy as you can possibly get when it comes to pressure. Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid are two of the guys that, and, and, and Patrice Bergeron, you can go with Patrice Bergeron. Yep. And I think Austin Matthews, there's, I don't think there are three guys that are more poised and calm and in control through any kind of atmosphere or pressurized situation than those four. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible you point those guys out because I, I, Sidney Crosby fascinates me. Fascinates me. Awesome. Yeah. You never hear I about to, him. I used to hate him. I used yeah, to hate same. Him. I, I, I was very different. I, I, was, yeah. I loved Ovi early on because he was a fast car, fancy guy, flashy, heavy hitter, big goal scorer, very much you know, personality, very charismatic. And then you know, Crosby seemed boring, and then he had the whiny years and all this. But now my attitude toward it all has completely shifted as I've gotten older and yeah. maybe a tad bit more mature. I think I, I don't, I definitely cannot relate and understand Sidney Crosby, but I can appreciate his silence, his his uh, absence from the camera. 
Um, I have so much respect for yeah. him. It's yeah. he's such a great ambassador for the game yeah. of hockey. He's it's I, my 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 whole attitude has. Who's switched. a bigger ambassador for the game of hockey, Sidney Crosby or uh, Alex Ovechkin? For selling, I don't know. It's a great question. Selling Alex Ovechkin, sell, man, sell, selling the guys out Ovechkin. there. He's taking his kids out. The kid's skating on on the rink, and his kid's just a little turd. He's like two years old hey, or three years old, flying look, around. And Ovechkin has personality. Out. Yeah. Well, look at look at the celebration he did. They had when he won the Stanley Cup. He was in the fountain. He was the summer of Ovi. Did, they did. It's crazy. They, they did crazy things. Sydney is more just just calm. He's more like a grandfather. Yeah, I don't see I don't see Sidney Crosby in the bar going. That's Ovechkin, and you know they're two different people. But you want to talk about two guys that's carried the National Hockey League with 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 absolute class and and um, just the way that they played, their consistency in the way that they played. It's been incredible, incredible. Crosby's the guy standing next to Mario at the poolside at the private party. And that's fine. That's no, I mean, Crosby, no, Crosby is in the bar because he goes with the boys, but he's in the back booth like this. Yep. yep. With the soda, with the soda water. Club soda. I, good for and him. You know what? Good for I him. T- totally agree. Totally I mean, agree. if that's what greatness is, then I've heard that's what Shane Wright is. I've heard exactly what you just said is what Shane Wright is. I heard he's an 8.30 bedtime guy, maybe even a hyperbaric chamber. Hyperbaric, how do you say it? That chamber thing? Yeah, hyperbaric. Yeah, I hyperbaric. think he's one of those guys. Like, I think this kid is, like, super crazy, like, uh, serious about the craft of being a hockey player. Like a like a yeah. Sydney. you know him, Riv. I mean, or you coached him. I don't know how well you know him, but, I mean, you know him. Yeah. he's. Uh, he's I've heard uh, that about him. He's a special individual. He's a, he's uh, he's leadership. He's Patrice Bergeron like. He's Sidney Crosby like in the way that they, um, the way that he presents himself. He's a very mature young man. He's a great hockey player. There's no question about it. And you, and you just alluded to Petey that uh, we're we're talking about Shane Wright, who is the number one overall. Uh, projected pick this year he's been projected to go number one overall for for quite some time now but interesting that he is not lighting up the ohl 16 games i think you said he had eight goals and 19 points in 16 games which, seven goals 12 assists yeah it's not hurt him. Uh, i heard him that might yeah hurt that's him. not great that's not great at all um but uh I don't know what's happening there. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury, if it's something's nagging him or, or, you know, he's got the, the jitters in his, in his draft year or, or what's happening, but uh, he is a special player. He is tremendous talent skills um, on and off the ice. Uh, you know, young man, he's going to be uh, someone's going to get him and they're going to be very pleased. Well, very, I apologize for the whole theory of the first overall pick. I just was sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, you know, like what if it was my kid, you know? So I guess I started thinking about Lindros and actually, if it was him. my kid, if it was my kid, I'd be like, you better go first because you're going to go to Arizona and I'm going to come visit you in the wintertime. This is true. Arizona, exactly. see Arizona. I would be like, I, 
I don't care it's if they're zero and eighty-two. If they're zero and eighty-two, I'm going to Arizona happily. The team might suck. The team might suck. But let me tell you something. I went there in '96, and I owned a house there until 2021. I lived there for 25 years, even though I was playing for other teams. I always went back to Arizona. It is an amazing yeah. place to live, an amazing place to raise a family, and an amazing place to have, you know, for your body and your mind. Now, different, a different if you want to win hockey games these days. But in terms of in terms of your living, not many better places. I'm telling you. Well, go living. You uh, you did some charity stuff yesterday. You were at a golf t- or an outing with uh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So Tay Musolani does a does a, a tournament every year where he he sponsors. Uh, he helps protect all the military dogs that come back from Afghanistan, from Iraq, from from uh, overseas of doing their duty. And believe it or not, there are a lot of dogs that come back with the uh, the, the was it the P, um, PTSD PTSD. And they are, they need homes because a lot of the times these animals come back and the government euthanizes them after, after they, after they're, they've come back from their, their missions. And what Tamu does and his, his organization is they raise money to find homes for these military dog heroes. And, um, so yesterday was myself, Joe Sackick and Tamu out, um, and if you guys haven't seen the video yet, I, I'm going to put it on. Uh, I did a demonstration where I put on the bite suit and ran down the fairway and the dog attacked me. And it shows how, how unbelievable these dogs are and how brave they are. We, they found a bomb, a bomb in, in, they put a bomb in one of the golf carts and the dog sniffed it out and found it and, and then, then attacked me with my bite suit on. It was an amazing tournament and it's an amazing organization and um watch watch my social media for some uh some some military dog uh videos yeah. it's great it was great we had so much fun no I doubt do have that. a hole in, i have a hole in my calf though from the dog biting my calf on the, I, hate, on the I, I remember uh they were doing the the bomb thing down at the rank years and years ago when i was playing for the sabers and i asked the guy if i could put the arm on and that you know you hold on to the thing inside the mm-hmm. long arm yeah. and the thing comes over your arm yeah. your hand about yeah. four or five inches so the dog can't mm-hmm. get it and he said just stand there like this and the dog sat there they gave him the command and he ran he's like i didn't have the whole suit on just the arm and he ran, he's like, don't, whatever you do, don't move. And I stood there and I braced myself. I could not get over the force uh, of this dog. It was a German shepherd. I was just like, Jesus, like, I can't, yeah. I can't believe if these things wanted to turn on you. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good what you're doing. That's good what you're doing. Did you say you have a whiskey thing going on too? So my, no, I have whiskey coming out in the beginning of 2022. It's called Whiskey Wild. And is it, uh, it's not a secret, is it? Well, I didn't just spoil the secret. Nope. nope. Nope, not at all. It's a chocolate whiskey. Um, I've been working on it for two years, and obviously the pandemic has kind of slowed things down. But when I get it, when I get it, when it comes out, you two will, will receive the first two bottles, and we will we will toast the start of my whiskey company right here on the show. And you guys aren't going to believe how awesome this w- chocolate whiskey is. Well, Riv, I got a picture of Riv the other night. I called, FaceTimed him. He was in the tub with a scotch and a bag of chips watching a movie. So, so we'll get, we'll get, we'll do it with Riv in the tub. I'm almost 10 years sober, but I'm sure it's amazing, but we'll pass it along to somebody. I, but definitely send a bottle because I know, I know people that will love it and I'll get you, I love I'll get it. you the reviews. I love it. it. 
So thanks for your time again. Honestly, honestly, you want to know something what's amazing is that we were like, there's really not a ton to talk about. We'll just chat with him for 30, 45 minutes and get out of here. And it's been way too long. Please thank your wife again. Sorry for coffee's cold. Hour and a half of hour and a half of banter, man. I'll tell you. I can't believe it. All the fans out here, seriously, there's, there's, there's no, there's no better, no better podcast to watch for entertainment than, than after the whistle. Are you kidding me? The bomb. There's our, there's our, uh, there's our sales pitch. Thanks, buddy. We'll chat with you next week. See you guys. Awesome show. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.